Today on Beyond Podcasting Palindromic Episode 11, Apple recommends above-the-fold subscription links on our website, and Capicua FM wins Best Society and Culture Show from Latin Podcast Awards. Thanks for tuning in to beyondpodcasting.com, where we recognize that your online radio show is much more than just a podcast. Your show can be broadcast live, which is not a podcast. Your show can be heard on a website, which isn't a podcast either. Of course, your online radio show can and should also be syndicated as a podcast via RSS, where your listeners can subscribe using a standard podcatcher or your show's own branded app for Android and iOS. Beyondpodcasting.com covers microphones, interfaces, mixers, production software, recording techniques, best practices, and more. Now enjoy another episode of beyondpodcasting.com with your host, Alan Tepper. Indeed, I'm Alan Tepper. Thanks for listening to Palindromic Episode 11 of Beyond Podcasting, not counting the recent bonus episode where we successfully tested and surveyed compatibility with the AAC audio codec. If you're not familiar with the term palindrome, it's a number like 11 or 929, a proper name like Anna or Bob, or a word like I or race car. Read them backwards and they're identical. Both in Castilian and in Catalan, a popular word for palindrome is capicua, which happens to be part of the name of my now award-winning show, Capicua FM. Thanks to Félix Montelaro and all of the judges who picked Capicua FM among seven nominees in the category of society and culture. If you understand the language of Cervantes, you might consider listening to Capicua FM too. Find all my active shows at radio.alantepper.com. In this episode of Beyond Podcasting, we'll be discussing Apple's recommendation for above-the-fold subscription banners on our show's website, with three ways to accomplish that with WordPress, one free and two paid options. During the free solutions section, we'll welcome Angelo Mandato from Blueberry and Raw Voice, since he created both the PowerPress plugin and the little-known but included widget, which can be used to achieve above-the-fold subscription banners. Let's start with Angelo's free solution, and after that, cover the two paid solutions. Beyondpodcasting.com You're listening to Beyond Podcasting. I'm Alan Tepper from Miami, and we have Angelo Mandato from Blueberry and Raw Voice. And are you in Ohio today, Angelo? Uh, yes, I'm here in uh, Columbus, Ohio. I think that's near where a character from MASH used to be from. I think he was from somewhere in Ohio, but perhaps not the same city, a character named Klinger, but you might be too young to remember that character in MASH. <laughs> no, I, I remember. And he was in Toledo, which is about two hours uh, northwest of here. Well, it's great to have you here on Beyond Podcasting. And for the benefit of the listeners, in addition to being the CIO of Raw Voice and Blueberry, Angelo, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, is also one of the creators or the creator of PowerPress. Is that correct? Yeah, actually, it is a company-maintained plugin, but I'm the main primary author of the plugin. Okay, well, it's an honor to be talking to you about that. And actually, what we are going to really concentrate on is a little accessory that comes with it, which is a widget. But I think it's totally fair to talk a little bit about PowerPress itself first. I did cover it in a recent episode, in a recent article about how to create an RSS feed and things like that. And it's just a real honor to be talking to the creator of this, what's known to be the best plugin to create an RSS feed from WordPress. 
So if you want to talk a little bit about that first, that's fine. And then we can get into the detail about the accessory that I would say it would be fair to say that it's an accessory that a lot of people don't know about. But let's just talk about WordPress for a couple of minutes before we get into this fairly unknown accessory that comes with it. All right, great. And, and thanks for the accolades. You're very welcome. So PowerPress is a plugin that allows people to create their RSS feed in WordPress, which happens to be my favorite CMS, and I guess it's your favorite CMS also, correct? Yeah, and it, it kind of happened because of uh, circumstance. Uh, we're, we were all blogging, and that became like the easiest uh, blogging platform to use, and it kind of went from there. Okay, well, I like it because of the flexibility and because of the variety that's available, and I've been using it for several years, and I've done probably dozens of sites using it, and way back since 2000, 2014, I started to do them with forced HTTPS, which is, of course, the way that we need to be nowadays. And I love the way that it adds the RSS capability there. And it also adds options to have subscription below where the player goes. And I know that there is a I think nowadays there are two players built into it, and I think one of them is only for Blueberry customers to use, and then there's a standard HTML5 player, which is accessible to anyone. Is that correct? Exactly. Yep. Um, and actually, we used to have a fourth player, but we finally took it out. It was Flash-based. Yes, I remember that, but I never wanted to use it for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. I still remember in 2008 when Steve Jobs was fighting with the CEO of Adobe about that, and Adobe at that time was defending Flash, but now Adobe wants to kill it just as much as anyone else does, I think. Yeah. So there are options in there, some of which I use on my either my show that's my only show that's in English or some of my clients that use it that have it in English. And we have a pending project that we eventually hope to do where it will be localized to Castilian. But what I really want to concentrate on with you is, as you probably know, Apple recently recommended a lot of guidelines. And one of the guidelines that they're recommending is to have the subscription banners to be above the fold which is actually an old-fashioned terminology for print newspapers where they would say that anything that was, when you saw a stack of newspapers at the kiosk, anything that was over the fold, in other words, people would glance at it and they would see it without having to lift up the newspaper and open it up. I'm talking about the old-fashioned newspapers that were actually printed on paper, but they're extending that as an anachristic word, if I pronounce that correctly, to refer to things that you see on a website before you slide down. And especially on mobile, they are suggesting that we have those banners to be what they call above the fold, in other words, without having to slide down. And although you have named this widget, and for the listeners who are not familiar with a widget, a widget is kind of like an accessory in WordPress, which is normally in a sidebar, but in certain themes, and in the theme that I'm currently using, it does have the capability of having a sidebar above everything else in the content in what's called the top bar. So even though you officially call it the PowerPress subscribe sidebar widget, I think it might be appropriate to eliminate the word sidebar, and that way it will be more obvious to people that they can put it wherever widgets can go. But I love it, and uh, among the three solutions that I've discovered so far, it's the only one that's free. And to my knowledge, this widget that you've created is only available together with PowerPress. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. And actually, we don't just have that sidebar widget, but we also have a short code so you can make your own pages for subscribing as well. 
And when you use the short code, does it appear the same way as the widget or does it appear differently? Oh, yes, it does appear differently on a page. It also will include your artwork and the actual RSS feed in a text box. So the people that are used to dealing with the actual RSS feed itself can easily copy and paste it. Okay. Well, since I haven't seen it that way, and for the benefit of the listeners who are only listening anyway, does it still have horizontal bars with different colors? Or how would you describe the way it looks when you do it with the short code? Um, so yeah, let me, just so I can describe it perfectly, I'm loading it up right now. It actually still has the vertical bar with the same buttons, and we use the same corporate colors of each application. So for example, the Spotify link will have their Spotify green. The Stitcher link will have the Stitcher light blue. It's kind of like a medical blue. And obviously the Apple podcasts, we're using their purple. Interesting. Well, I think that's a really, really unique way of doing it. And I'm glad that at least with the... I haven't actually haven't looked in a lot of other themes, but the theme that I happen to be using has the capability of putting widgets at the top bar, which even on mobile, which is the most important place where Apple is making this new suggestion works fine even in mobile because with most WordPress's themes that I've ever dealt with, when something is in a sidebar, when you look at on mobile, it's below everything. So you not only have to slide, you have to slide all the way below all of the posts that are on the front page. So the likelihood of someone will find uh, to find that would be very, very small on mobile. But if you put the widget in the top bar, then it's the first thing that people see even on mobile. Did you hear of anyone using your widget in the top bar before? No, not in the way that you're describing. And I kind of understand exactly what you mean, though. WordPress themes will give you different areas, even in the footer, so you can put the widgets in the different places. And I will have to admit, when we designed that sidebar widget, the reason why we, we call it the sidebar is because we envision it to be in a narrow vertical space. And this is giving me lots of ideas of how we could change it or provide a different widget so it would work in a horizontal space, like if you happen to put it at the top. Exactly. Beyond the things that you and I have already discussed privately about localizing things, I think that would be the only suggestion that I would make is make it more appropriate to take advantage of the horizontal space. Of course, retaining the responsiveness so that if you are on mobile and if you were to make it so that, let's say in horizontal, you make it so that perhaps three or four are able to be laid out horizontally when you go to a mobile, then it would might automatically make it become vertical or something like that because of the space issue, or perhaps it would resize the width or something like that. Right. Oh, I was, was going to say in our player, we the way we solved that was with a sliding horizontal bar with all of the applications using their icons. But this, I think what we're talking about would be a little more than that as well, simply because there's more value in not only having the application's icon, but also having the, the application's name, like Apple Podcasts. Uh, especially for situations where someone's completely new to podcasting and subscribing, they're not going to understand what the Apple icon is compared to Google Play. Yes, and by the way, I wanted to get your opinion. Do you agree with Apple's suggestion to have these banners to be above the fold in the way that they describe them? Well, unfortunately, I think Apple's intentions are different than what a podcaster's needs are. Apple wants to have these links at the top of a website, mainly so they can use the actual links to help boost the SEO of just apple.com and of the podcast directory, which 
is okay, but I think it's not the best for a podcaster. Where a podcaster, you're really trying to convert people from visiting your website to becoming a subscriber, and Apple isn't necessarily the only option. Oh, of course. What I'm asking you is, and if we just zoom back for a minute, do you think it's a good idea to have those links so that on a mobile device they're among the first things that you see with, before having to scroll? Even though their motives might be different than ours, do you think it's a good idea? Oh, yes. The only problem, though, is we keep seeing more applications like Spotify and TuneIn, and Google just went from Google Play Music to just Google Podcasts built into search. These subscribe links are fluid. And I think, especially in a really large podcast website, I think the podcaster might benefit from instead focusing on iTunes or Google as the only couple at the top. Because when you're viewing on a mobile, you're going to be limited on how many you can display above the fold. I think the, the podcast might be more benefited with just a simple subscribe to this podcast link. And then when they click on that, then you expose all of the different subscribe options. Right. The way I've done it so far, I've tried to limit it only to two, but at least with the, I believe with the current version of PowerPress, I think if you want to include Google Podcasts, it also includes your subscribe on Android. Correct. Yep. At least for now. So that's why I have three. And my only reason for being reluctant to use the same technique in the shows that are not in English is because at the present time, your subscribe on Android, which I applaud in general, is only in English. And I'm afraid that they'll see things in a language that they won't understand. But I love the idea other than that. And uh, hopefully in the future, we'll be able to get that translated. Right. Yep. That is on our to-do list. And uh, one of the challenges that we've come up with is that podcasts in and of themselves are usually language specific. So we're still playing with the idea of the language of the page, the subscribe page, being set based on the language of the actual podcast. But we're not convinced that that's still the way to go because we still see a lot of English podcasts, for example, subscribe to in Brazil or in other countries. And it would still benefit someone in, to have the subscribe page in Portuguese, even though the actual show might still be in English. Yes, well, that's a debatable point. And I have created multilingual websites with WordPress using the WPML, which is considered to be the best plugin to do bilingual or multilingual. And I know that there are always controversies, even within the communities of people that use those things and make them. And that's why within WPML, there are options if you want to have the, you, of course, any website will have a default language, but beyond the default language, it can interview the browser and see what the default language of the browser is. And as a website creator, you can set it either to match that or just to show the default. And people go back and forth all the time about whether that's good or bad for SEO and whether that's good or bad for the user experience. But I think beyond SEO, I think it does make sense to have the default version of a website in the default language of the browser. Of course, offering the option to switch language right there somewhere near the top, either as part of the menu or some other way to do it. 
but it's always a controversy when you discuss that with people. I do websites here in the United States that are English and, and Castilian most of the time. And, and for the listeners who don't know, Castilian is the most widely used of all of the official Spanish languages, which are there are five official ones, not counting the unofficial languages and the dialect. And some of them are concerned that people who speak English only will be seeing the, the one that they don't understand first. And what I tell them is, well, if we set it so that it matches the default language of the browser, then if their browser is in English, they're going to see the English version first. So they're not going to have a problem with that. Only those people who have their browser set to the default language of Castilian or as it's named in most of the browsers nowadays, Spanish, will see that right off the bat before having the option to change it. But it's a, something that could be argued back and forth for a, for a long time. But I think when it matches that, it matches what they're used to seeing most of their content in. I also realize that there are some users that don't even know that there's an option, but if that's the case, then it usually just matches the dominant language of the country where they buy the computer. Right. Well, one thing I do like, and I think Google is okay with it too, is when you come to a website, it automatically will do a refresh based on your language setting, but then set like a cookie just so it knows that's that you've already come to the site once. And I'm sorry if I'm getting a little technical, but then the good thing is, is usually the URL pass, like the, like a, WordPress, we, we call them permalinks, it might also have a, the language code in there. That way, if Google's indexing, it knows that it's literally supposed to be a different page in a different language. Yes, and that's the way I have been doing it. Uh, there are different options in WPML to do that. And one of the options is to have a suffix after the page name or, the, or post name. There's a diagonal or a slash and then the language code. And that's what I've been doing and uh, there are different ways to do it, but that's perhaps the best way to do it. And that it does have that advantage that you were just talking about. Yeah, because our main concern, especially with Google Podcasts now being very dominant with how it is going to tie in with Google Search, or it's already starting to tie in with Google Search as well. But in the next coming months, it's going to be even better for us podcasters. It's important that whatever you do, it does not harm your SEO, because that's that is going to benefit you or hurt you depending on how you have things set up. Yes, I'm not sure what you meant by saying in the next couple of months. I have heard recently that before the end of 2018, as we're recording this, we're in mid-October of 2018, there will be a iOS version of Google Podcasts. I don't know if that's what you were insinuating or perhaps something different. Oh, yeah, that that's going to be awesome. But what I meant, though, is that with Google Search, Soon, if not already, they're going to start treating podcast episodes just like YouTube videos in search. So, for example, if you do an episode where you talk specifically about knitting using red yarn or something, and someone Googles red yarn, your episode will come up first before the website that dominates on that particular topic will. And it'll be highlighted just like YouTube video is if a YouTube video was already hitting that niche topic, which is a huge jump. It basically will give podcasters a leg up on regular websites and blog posts, for example, when it comes to ranking and search. Well, that sounds great. And as far as the iOS version, I don't know how many iOS users will bother to download it, but I guess time will tell regarding that. Yeah, that's a whole nother monster there. I don't know if they're going to make inroads on iOS devices. And and honestly, it, it, I could see that backfiring where a lot of people don't like it. 
compared to the native podcast iOS app. But um, outside of that, I think Google's on the right path, especially with how they're integrating podcasting with their own home devices. Yes. Would you like to add anything to what we've talked about so far before we go? Sure. Um, I'll just mention a little bit of the last update that we released with PowerPress. Oh, please do. So in this last update, which corresponds with a lot of what uh, Apple is uh, recommending, we made a change to how we have uh, SEO options built into PowerPress. One of the things that worked great over the past years was an option that we we concatenated your program title to every episode. Unfortunately, Apple doesn't like that. They view that as uh, keyword stuffing. So we've removed that option from PowerPress. But more importantly, there's still those other SEO options, which you can use to really customize your episode titles. So for example, with you interviewing me today, put my name in there. That way, if someone searches iTunes, they'll find this episode. In the, as long as it's in the title of the episode, you're good to go. And also in the creator field, right? Correct. So yeah, when you're editing your blog post and you go down into the podcast episode box, I coin it that way, we'll highlight if you enable the SEO options, those fields specifically, yeah, either the creator or you're talking about the, yeah, the creator, the author tag. Yes, the author tag. Or the actual episode title. So Apple also doesn't want you to keyword stuff in the uh, the author tag. So for example, on an episode where you're you're not interviewing somebody, but maybe you mention them, it's probably a bad idea to put their name in the author tag, especially if Apple audits that because they they won't be happy with that. <laughs> so exactly. But if you're really on the show, then it's okay to put your name in that field. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of back and forth now about episode numbers. And I think Apple doesn't want that to be in the description field anymore. Yeah, and I have a I have a love hate relationship with that one. Um, I kind of understand, especially with other apps out there, why you still might want to have the episode number, simply because some applications don't display them yet. And I don't even know if Apple's own app is already displaying it. Do you know if it finally is with iOS 12? Well, another good great question. If you enable a serial-based podcast and you go through every episode and make sure every episode is in a season and has an episode number, then yes. Otherwise, I'm not, I'm still not sure if it's it's if it's all viewing correctly. Oh, I thought the season was optional. Well, if you don't do a season, the right, then you just need to have all your episode numbers in there. But if one happens to not be set. I, I don't think it works. And what about if it's, if one of them is a bonus episode? Are you supposed to put a number in that case? Um, you know, that's a good question. And I don't believe you're supposed to, but you're supposed to tag it as a uh, bonus. Yes. I, I recently had a bonus episode of Beyond Podcasting, and I it was the very first time I did a bonus. I marked it as a bonus. I didn't put any episode number. And it was just a short thing, about two minutes, because I wanted to survey how many of the listeners are able to play AAC because it's been 20-something years, and Android has been supporting AAC since, I think, version 3, and my Android is in version 9, so it seems like it's time to test it, so I just wanted to do a bonus for that. And I, I said both verbally and in the show notes, if you can't play this, tell me what device you couldn't play it on, and no one has responded yet, and I've had a huge number of plays of that uh, episode. So I'm, I'm getting the impression that able everyone is able to play AAC now. Do you have an opinion about that? 
Um, yeah, actually, in 2016, we removed that recommendation that podcasts only record in MP3 format. And just so everybody knows, when we're talking about AAC, the file extension is M4A. It's just that the, the encoding is, instead of being an MPEG-3, it's in AAC, which, and it's just hard to expand on it, but just to, no, just to tell you. No, please do. Yeah. But just to tell you how big this is, video has been using AAC since I can remember. Ever since H.264. Right. So players should be able to play it at this point. And if they're not, then there's seriously something wrong. Maybe you should get new hardware. <laughs> yes. What, what, what my, my question is, are there any Android devices that are still in use that still use version 3.0 if mine is already using 9? You know, there might be, but unfortunately, I think if someone's using a device like that, they're probably also don't have the bandwidth to be able to download your <laughs> podcast episodes. I guess it sounds mean, but... It just seems like it was worth doing a test, and that I think I will continue to do it with Beyond Podcasting. I don't know if I'll continue to do it with my other shows, but with Beyond Podcasting, which is really about technology and everything, it seems appropriate to continue with AAC now, despite so many people who are concerned about it. I think some people think that it just came out four or five years ago, and it's over 20 years. I forget the exact number, but a long right. time ago. Do you think that in the future, PowerPress will offer the option of including Google Podcasts without subscribe on Android? Um, yeah, there is an option coming soon where you'll be able to tweak all of those settings. And actually, not just those two, but all subscribe options. Because some podcasters say they only want a clean page with just two links, and that's Apple and Google, and they don't care about the others. So we obviously want to make it as flexible as possible for everybody. And do you think that it will still be so important to have the subscribe on Android now that we have Google Podcasts? Do you think there's still a reason for it to exist? I still do, simply because a lot of people will bridge from using the Google app to using a custom app that fits their lifestyle. And the reason why I say this is that Google has made no indication whether they're going to ever support password-protected podcast feeds. And a lot of podcasts, as they mature, usually bridge that gap to start offering a premium content or premium show, and they'll need to be able to bridge beyond just the Google app. That sounds like one good reason. And you've probably heard that the direct links that people make to go to Google Podcasts I have actually found out from James Cridland that it's not working on the default browser in Samsung Android phones. Have you heard that? No, that's the, the links that Google provides? Exactly. That they work in Chrome, but they don't work in the... Uh, and I don't know why, but Samsung apparently is using their own browser. And of course, anyone can download the Chrome browser if they have a Samsung phone, but we can't count on all of the potential listeners having done that. So I think that might be another reason for your subscribe on Android to continue. Oh, cool. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you'll take the, another reason to keep using it? <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, and leave it to Samsung to be the reason. <laughs> exactly. I love their hardware, but I don't like what they do to the Android system. And that's why the only time I ever bought one was when they partnered with Google to be the Nexus many, many years ago. But since then, I've only gotten, uh, following that, more Nexus and then Pixel directly from Google. Yeah, same here. I'm a diehard Pixel person now. Okay, well, I still have the original 
Pixel XL. And about three months ago, I still had the extended warranty and I had a battery issue and they replaced the whole phone. So it's like a brand new phone with a brand new battery. So I don't have any immediate need to change to the two or the three, but I like the Pixel because it's it's the pure Android experience. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, I didn't know that you and I had... Well, I don't know which, which Pixel you have, but I know you have some Pixel. Yeah, I have the same Pixel. <laughs> so Same I Pixel think, XL? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you have version 9. Wait, now you're going to make me look. <laughs> but yeah, it's every time they update this phone, it just gets better. Agreed. I was even under the beta for the first time I, I dared to, to go with the beta, and the beta worked fine before it became the final version 9. The name for it is Android Pie. Well, I just found I am running 9. Okay, so we're using the same one. And the other advantage, of course, is that we get our monthly security updates since it, oh, yeah. it's direct from there. I u also use their phone service, which is called Project Fi. Oh, nice. Now that are, you I... are you familiar with Project Fi? I'm, I'm only familiar. I haven't used it. Okay, well, it's what I call... My first book many, many years ago was about Google Voice, how to get the secret power from Google Voice, and it's, that book is almost completely obsolete now. But I consider Project Fi to be the son of Google Voice because it includes the over-the-air component that was never included with Google Voice. So Project Fi in the United States uses three different over-the-air providers and auto-switches depending on where you are in the United States where the strongest signal and those are the T-Mobile network, the Sprint network, and the U.S. cellular, plus whatever local Wi-Fi, if the phone determines that it's good enough quality to use Wi-Fi. And right. uh, it has a really good price, and the data cost is the same in 100-something countries as it is in the United States. Yeah, I think Google hit a home run there. For you or any of the listeners, you can get a $20 discount on Project Fi by visiting fi.beyondpodcasting.com, as in Fantastic International. So visit fi, fi .com, as in Fantastic International, to get a $20 discount on Google's Project Fi. Cool. Thanks. Okay. So anything else to add? No, I think that's good. But I think I'll have to come back another time so we can dig into features in PowerPress. You will be very, very welcome. I love your PowerPress plugin. And now I, I didn't even really notice that the widget existed until I was looking around and I, I think I actually was doing a search and your widget came up as one of the options and the only free option. I, I'm going to cover some of the other ones, but this is the only one that's free. And fortunately, if you're, as far as being above the fold, as long as your theme supports the top bar, then you can already use it at the top and perhaps you will make it sometime so that it takes advantage of more horizontal space. Oh, yeah. So do you want to say your URLs for our listeners before we go? Oh, sure. So to learn more about Blueberry and our services, as well as the PowerPress plugin, uh, you can just go to blueberry.com and everything is highlighted on our homepage. Yes. And the Blueberry is without the E, correct? Oh, yes. I have to emphasize that. So it's Blueberry without E's. And the question always comes up, we launched around 2006 when Flickr and other services launched, and it was all about getting rid of as many letters as you could in the domain names. <laughs> so if, if we could do it again, we probably would come up with a better spelling. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. It's been great to have you here. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Beyondpodcasting.com. Now we'll continue to the first of the two paid solutions to get above the fold subscription banners. 
This one is called Social Subscribe and Follow Icons, and it's a plugin from Daniel J. Lewis. Just as I did with the creators of the other two solutions, I invited Daniel J. Lewis to discuss social subscribe and follow icons here on Beyond Podcasting, but so far he hasn't responded. According to its website, social subscribe and follow icons currently costs US $25 per year plus a $24 US setup fee for up to five websites or more for more than five. Like the free solution discussed in the prior section, social subscribe and follow icons is a widget so presumably it will work with any WordPress theme that supports widgets in the top bar, as does the theme I currently use on Beyond Podcasting, Capicu FM, Tu Salud Secreta, and Tu Radio Global. Social Subscribe and Follow Icons also offers a shortcode for use in pages or posts. The second paid option is called Sonar Podcaster, with an unusual spelling, S-O-N-A-A-R-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-R. Unlike the two solutions presented before, Sonar Podcaster is not a plugin but a WordPress theme, which offers built-in subscription banners and I check they happen to be above the fold on mobile devices. Beyond that, Sonar Podcaster also includes a visually interesting audio player that even creates a podcast-compliant RSS feed, so it would replace the PowerPress plugin if you're currently using it for your show. Simultaneously replacing your WordPress theme and a critical plugin like PowerPress, if that's what's currently generating your RSS feed, is a major undertaking and must be done quite carefully. In other words, with a staging site first to make sure that everything is perfect, and then finally switching to it to guarantee a seamless experience, both for website visitors and subscribers to your show via RSS. Because of this, Sonar Podcaster will be most attractive to producers who are about to create a new website for a new show rather than for existing PowerPress users. The Sonar Podcaster theme currently costs US $79 or US $249 for lifetime access. Just as I invited Angelo Mandato and Daniel J. Lewis to discuss the prior solutions, I also invited the creator of Sonar Podcaster, Maxime. However, Maxime agreed to an interview only via email since he doesn't yet feel comfortable with his English verbal skills. He's from Quebec and his first language is French, so he doesn't want to be interviewed audibly in English or Castilian. I hope this Beyond Podcasting episode has shown you three ways to achieve above-the-fold subscription on your show's website. Even though Apple would prefer that we only use their banner to link to the company's own Apple Podcasts, that's not good for producers, considering that at least 50% of the potential listeners on smartphones are using Android. In the show notes of this episode, you'll find a link to the related article I published and all three solutions. Remember, the place to find show notes, consulting, links, and more is beyondpodcasting.com. That's beyondpodcasting.com. Until next time, I'm Alan Tepper. Some of the manufacturers mentioned on the beyondpodcasting.com show have contacted Alan Tepper and or Technotur LLC to carry out consulting and or translations, localizations or transcreations. Many of the manufacturers mentioned have sent Alan Tepper review units. Some links to third parties mentioned in the show may indirectly benefit Technotur LLC via affiliate programs. Alan Tepper's opinions are his own.